Yo, yo, yo. Hello and welcome back to the Lenko Show. This is episode number 77. I am your host, Alex Lenkowski, and this is the home of common sense, logic, athletic performance training, and my little world of disruptions and irritations and ultimately a way for me to vent on some of the idiocy and lunacy that I see in the world. And today, I don't... I, I was... 50-50 as to what I was going to record this episode on. Part of it, part of my experience this week has been dealing with, uh, well, how do I say this kindly, an absolute nut job when it comes to um, the differences between biological men, biological females, and how those differences aren't simply wiped out because you reduce testosterone levels. Uh, mainly reflecting on an Instagram post, which I put up, uh, which was, it was sent to me by somebody else. And I just thought, you know what? It's a sensible topic. It makes sense. It's interesting. It's something that a lot of my clients actually give a shit about, especially the female ones with respect to having to compete against, say, trans women or men who have transitioned to become a woman. And I don't think it's fair, especially in competition. If it was a recreational league, fine help yourself but when it comes to competition and serious levels of play I, my personal opinion and the evidence that i have seen read suggests that it's just simply not fair so anyway i posted that got a bit of backlash you'll be able to see it if you go onto my instagram you'll be able to find it fairly easily it was about the swimming uh world like world organizing body of swimming putting on the world championships and essentially offering a transgender category and nobody entered. And it's like, well, why? Like it's actually fair competition. You've got a platform to compete. Why aren't you doing it? Um, anyway, I've decided I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to go that way today. I'm going to save that for a later episode. I'm going to save it for further down the line. I've got, uh, I've been in a debate with this person about these issues and it's literally... I've sent the guy over 40 research articles offering specific data on the the basic biological differences between men and women and also how those dis differences are not eradicated post-transition, which is very important to bear in mind if you want a level, fair, competitive playing field and especially a fair, competitive environment for females. Anyway, I promised a few people that I was going to talk about something else. Today... I'm going to be talking about training with reps in reserve. So using that as a strategy to develop more progress. And I think this is very important and a very useful strategy. If you are already somewhat experienced, you you may be at a bit of a training plateau. You might be entering a new phase of training. It's something that I'm utilizing myself at the minute and feeling the benefit. If you need to increase the volume of training that you're doing, you can manipulate your reps in reserve to be able to generate more benefits. So I'm going to be going through that. Now, I I will add, like if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm like shaking, I'm jittering. And I've had like, I've been sat around all morning programming, writing sessions for clients. I've already gone through one coffee. I have another one, big, big mug of coffee to keep me going. So strap yourselves in. Um, and then I will be off out on a run with the hound and it'll be like, you might be able to tell I'm still a little bit like bunged up and gunky 
thanks to whatever illness I picked up in Denmark when we were out there for GB. This will be the first time I've been out running at all. I think everything since then has kind of just been basic gym work and not really moving too much, getting plenty of steps in, doing a fair bit of walking. But what arm, I will add this, when I was training yesterday, I I was constantly, I'm getting my steps in because I'm doing sets in the squat rack on one end of the gym. And then between every single set of exercises I'm doing, I'm having to walk all the way to the bathroom, get some toilet roll to blow my bloody nose. So I need to take a box of tissues with me. It's disgusting. It's so annoying, really disruptive, and I don't like it. Anyway, I will be referring to a couple of notes as I go through this. So if it is a little bit broken up and I'm going through the thought processes and thought motions, I apologize, uh, but I will do my best to kind of convey as much of the actual science and evidence as there possibly is, as well as my own kind of thoughts, observations, and considerations. So first off, reps in reserve fundamentally is a training strategy, which involves stopping a set before reaching muscular failure. So for instance, if you are like, especially if you're working with moderate to heavy loads and you want to push and you're trying to build volume, you might stop each set with two sets, two sets, it's coffee kicking in, two reps in reserve, which basically means you're stopping two reps before you would actually hit failure. So if you you know, if you if you know you can bench press 100, this is really easy to do, especially for American footballers. If you know you can bench press 100 kilos eight times, you would stop at rep number six. All right, that then gives you the ability to recover from that set and then go again. And then because as you, your performance will decline, the more sets you do, you you, you understand the feeling of being two reps shy of that maximal effort. So let's say after three or four sets, your actual max might be six reps. So when you get to four reps, again, you stop two reps in reserve. You stop just shy of that six. You just stop just back from the precipice. And now you can push this to one rep in reserve, or you could go a lot deeper into it, especially if you're working with slightly lighter loads where you might stop 10, 15, 20 reps in reserve. I I wouldn't personally play around with it on that end because the kind of sets that I'm doing aren't going to be as big as that. But certainly if you're working with moderate to heavy loads and you know your typical rep ranges with each load, like if you know you can back squat 160 kilos for, again, eight reps or so, cool, stop at rep number six. Recover, do another set. It will enable you to actually keep progressing and still maintain proper form. And you'll still be able to do another set. So there's several benefits to this. So obviously it reduces the risk of overtraining, which will which will occur if you train too hard too often. And then you end up degrading and damaging your performance. Your actual performance levels will drop. So obviously you're not going to hit multiple squat days in a row. You need time to rest and recover in between. And I essentially think of this as an analogy of if you were to walk to the edge of a cliff what we're doing with one or two reps in reserve is kind of taking a peek over the edge and then going home. We're not throwing ourselves off. Sensible, you see? So the second thing is it it can actually help as well to improve your form and technique and help build more resilience rather than actually overcooking it and damaging yourself. Because you're keeping form, you're able to actually maintain 
posture, maintain balance, and execute the exercise properly without any significant compensatory patterns. And you're so you and you're less likely to cheat. The other thing I think about this as well is it actually changes the emphasis of the exercise. So if you know that you are going to stop with two reps in reserve, you might like if 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 let's say if we're working to eight reps as the maximum, if you know you're going to stop at six, you can then control the tempo, control your positioning to make sure that those reps five and six are incredibly tough because you're chasing the feeling. You're increasing mechanical stress. You might increase time and attention by performing the reps a little slower, a bit more of an eccentric portion um, or a bit more of time in the eccentric portion rather. And that will ultimately yield more benefit than if you just went through the motions and hit your eight reps. If that may, I hope that makes sense to you. So another way to actually think about this is like, it depends on what your training goals are. So if you're an advanced lifter, if you're pushing hard, if you wanted to build strength, size, and a lot of muscle mass, because you've already got quite a strong training history, the reps and reserve you need to work to need to be down the lower end. If you're more of a beginner, more of a novice, again, you get newbie gains. You don't have to push it as hard. And there is, I will go through this shortly because I have the references written down. There is research out there that says using these reps in reserve and by not going to complete muscular failure is still beneficial. And the differences aren't massive between going to failure and staying back from the edge. So it doesn't matter who you are by making each set difficult and each set challenging. That's ultimately what we're trying to do. You need to make each set difficult, each set challenging because that is what is going to stimulate muscle growth and strength gains. So I I would suggest, and again, just from even just being, I say slightly more advanced, like I've actually really enjoyed this method of training so far, rather than thinking, oh, I've got to chase the numbers on the sheet. Like it says I have to do, you know, seven reps, eight reps, nine reps, or even, you know, four or five, rather than having to push to that and then stopping a couple of sets early. I'm spending a lot more time accumulating a lot more volume on fewer exercises, which I feel is actually benefiting me more and more and more. Um, So, rather than having to push and go, right, I have to get the five, rather than leave one rep in reserve and hit the four, I can then just go and do another set. Which, when compared with if you were actually hitting those specific numbers, because I can then add another set and increase the volume and significantly increase the volume overall, it means that I don't necessarily have to add the weight to chase the benefit. So... I can work with a slightly lighter load, accumulate much more volume at a slightly slightly lighter load, then run the risk of causing, say, more substantial damage and losing form, losing position by increasing the weight. Like not not to say that increasing the weight isn't beneficial, but this is, I think, maybe a slightly smarter way of going about it rather than using a sledgehammer you're using, I don't know, something much more sophisticated. (laughs) 
if anyone wants to come up with what that is, you can insert your own tool mechanism of use if you like. And this method also plays quite nicely into the hands of, uh, I would say, increasing your workout density. So you you can essentially do more work in a short space of time. So if your normal session is an hour, if you're working with a heavier load and you're having three to five minutes of recovery, maximal recovery in between sets, you can condense that down if you were to go, right, we're only going to do it in 45 minutes because I'm going to keep those reps in reserve. I'm going to stop one or two reps from failure every single time. And you can recover quicker and you might reduce your recovery time to one to two minutes and get more and more sets in. That can be quite a simple way to drastically change up your training and give you a bit of a kick up the ass, to be honest, because I think a lot of the time, especially when I was younger and starting out as an athlete, like I spent a lot of time training with so much dead time in between, in between exercises, in between what I was doing. And it can be a little bit laborious and a bit, a bit boring. Certainly is a bit boring for me these days. I, I tend to struggle with sitting around and not doing anything. So really, really useful way to actually improve and increase your workout density. And especially if you're struggling for time, if you need shorter periods to get your training done, consider using that as a method. So rather than chasing full recovery, you can go with that incomplete recovery and still work towards that reps in reserve. So if you were to think about it in terms of the total number of reps over the course of a session where you're working with a specific weight, is the weight of that, is the volume of that going to equate to what you would have done? Otherwise, if you'd have gone heavier, you would have probably lifted less weight overall if you'd have gone heavier and done sort of fewer sets. So again, that's I think that's another simple way as to which it gives it that bit give you that kick up the arse and increase the volume and stimulate that muscle growth. Now, the final kind of I suppose the secret sauce that I would like to add to this is that pretty much the final set of each exercise that I am doing, I am pushing that final set to failure. So that is with the intention of making it as difficult as possible, as hurt as much as possible, and to really, really finish it off. So if it was to go into that, I'm going to run through a couple of examples here, a couple of research, um, key research points that I've come across and found. So uh, the first one is Schoenfeld in 2016 where he found that training to failure with the reps in reserve of zero to five was more effective, more effective for increasing strength and muscle growth than training to failure with reps in reserve of 10 to 20. So again, pushing harder and working towards that top end of your effort, if you were to gauge it by your own RPE scale, if you work to a nine or a 10 out of 10, you're going to get much more benefit than you if you were to work to a five or a six out of 10. So don't just go through the motions. Uh, Another one which kind of backs up the idea of adding that final bit where you are training to failure, uh, meta-analysis from Campos et et al. Uh, and this found that training to failure was more effective for increasing strength and muscle growth than training to non-failure. So again, why not? If it's your final set, if you know you ain't going to do any more, 
finish it off, go hard. And next one, the effects of training's failure on strength and muscle growth. Again, another one by Schoenfeld. This one was Schoenfeld et al. 2019, which found that training's failure is a safe and effective method for increasing strength and muscle growth. So I would recommend if you are a newbie, if you're a beginner, a little caveat to that is maybe steer away from failure. And again, advice for any trainers that do listen to this, don't necessarily just go and whack your clients into um, complete failure. And especially if it's some more complex exercises, especially weightlifting, if you can be doing clean and jerks or snatches, you know, CrossFit, a lot of the time, that's what they'll be doing. Don't work to complete failure. Stay back from it. The more simple the exercise is, the closer you can take it. So you, you, no problems with taking a client to failure on leg extension. It's perfectly safe. Nothing's going to happen. They're not even going to fall out of the chair. Um, so think about it in that way. Think about it smartly. If the exercise is very safe, very simple, yeah, you can push them as hard as you want. But if it's the more complex it gets, just be a little bit wary of how hard you're pushing them and the potential consequences of that failure, i.e. dying with a back squat bar, uh, dying with a bar on your back in a back squat or dying with a bar on your throat in a bench press. Just be aware of those things. And also like the psychological impact of pushing new clients to failure. Like what's their character like? What's their personality like? I think the re one of the reasons this kind of training method works so well for me is I actually, I enjoy suffering. That is honestly the more painful, the more nasty it gets, the better. Like I'm looking forward to winter at the minute so I can get out running in shorts, t-shirt, weighted vest and just get out in some horrible conditions, get filthy, get muddy. I've got a a lovely training plan to look forward to when that time comes. So the more ardent you are and the more likely you are to push yourself and go incredibly hard, the more likely you are to experience the benefits of this. Uh, the next one, replicating the effects of reps on reserve on muscle growth. This is a follow-up investigation, 2021 by Schoenfeld. Again, study found that training's failure with reps in reserve of zero to five was more effective for increasing muscle growth than training to non-failure. Again, so training to fail with reps in reserve of zero to five, very, very beneficial. So if you're working towards that top end, top marks, well done, keep going. Uh, the next one, I just feel like I'm just picking on Schoenfeld here. By the way, absolute Don. Went to listen to him speak in Sheffield with Chris uh, quite a few years back. And what the guy doesn't know, I'm not sure it's worth knowing. Um, he's probably forgotten more than I have ever even read. So absolute Don, what a guy. And he's got some sick biceps as well for a scientist. Uh, next one, again, Schoenfeld et al. 2022. The effect of training intensity on muscle growth in trained individuals, which this study found that training with a higher intensity uh, was more effective for increasing muscle growth than training with lower intensity. Again, you might think, well, duh, that's pretty obvious. But again, the research backs it. So overall, I'd say that this kind of shows that training to failure or with a rest, reps in reserves like zero to five, well, I'd say go even lower than the five, especially if you're working with um, high weights, heavy loads. If you're working that zero to five range, you are going to build muscle. You are going to increase strength. And especially if you are already a trained individual, like it, very, very useful. And if you're a beginner, maybe start a little bit lower, build up a bit more comfort when it comes to, 
getting acquainted with the feelings of working out, the feelings of training, the feelings of exercises, and then and push the pain, if you like, push the pain. Now, this last little bit is more specific to if you are training that zero to five reps in reserve, obviously quite very, very much at the high end, I would say, obviously if you set, if you set is six or supposed to be six, I would say leave a rep in reserve of maybe one or two. Now, if you do that, there is no significant advantage in going to failure again and again and again and again than there is compared to leaving one or two reps in reserve. So those two are very, very evenly matched up. As long as you are pushing towards that upper end, you're doing a solid job. So focus on the exercise, focus on stressing the body, focus on the feeling of what you're trying to achieve as opposed to just going through the motions, whacking out the sets, whacking out the reps. And be be conscious, be present in your training Rather than just working out, be conscious about your actual training. Like I said, at the moment, this is a training strategy that I'm implementing because I am currently going into my off-season where I've got plenty of time to recover. I can focus on going through a very high volume of exercises and just working out because the main job is just recovering in between that. And I don't necessarily have many on-field obligations or <clears throat> even if I was training, I don't necessarily have any competitions or matches coming up. So I can afford, now is the time, really. Now is the time to consider, like to considerably increase the volume, increase the work effort um, and add as much as possible for future performances. So if you feel like you're at the same point, if you want any additional help with your programming, if you want any additional help with your training and performance goals, then you can get in touch with me. Uh, all the, everything is in my link tree. So if you click the links on the podcast, on the show notes below, you'll be able to access me. Get in touch with me on social media. You can request a call we can have a little chat about your training we can have a little come up with a bit of a plan as to how you can push forward and what you can do to actually execute and make sure that you are getting stronger faster more powerful and becoming more resilient and less prone and less likely to suffer the consequences of injury during the season i hope this has been a useful episode for you i hope you've enjoyed this podcast because I feel like it's a real difference maker when it comes to your training. Be conscious in your training and consider the importance of leaving a couple of reps in reserve between set to set, and building up your sets, especially if you're working very high, if you're working towards very high volume. And don't just go through the motions with your training. And also consider the benefit of throwing in that final set and making that set, that final set to failure. And this goes to all my clients, everyone I'm training at the moment. If you've got a training program where we are purposefully trying to build muscle mass, add some size, add some strength. Use that final set wisely. Don't just finish and leave yourself short. Like absolutely cook yourself. Go for it. Go for the go for those final few reps. Really push yourself towards that level of failure. If you can do that, you will reap the rewards. And again, like I think I used this term the other day, but 
the best laid plan with half-assed execution is useless. You could you could have a relatively shit training plan that doesn't really make much sense, doesn't have a lot of context, doesn't have much specific, like doesn't really have much specificity or even you know many things directly relevant to your performance. But if you execute with effort and you fully commit, you will get benefits. Not necessarily the benefits you want, but you will benefit from it. So you will improve as an individual. So you have to go hard at your training. Be smart with what you're doing. Be calculated. Be a calculated thinking athlete. Not like some of the numbnuts who've been getting in touch with me lately regarding other topics of debate. Ah, oh, excuse me. I apologize if I've sniffled all the way through that episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully you're going to be back in again soon. Again, you can check all all manner of content out on my YouTube channel. Again, everything's accessible via the link tree. I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast, make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you would be so kind as to leave a review on whatever podcast player you utilize, that would be outstanding. Anyway, till next time, I have got a few guests coming up in the next few weeks as well by the way. So stand by for those. They should be some exciting, interesting episodes. If there's anyone that you want me to speak to, anyone that you think, oh, that'd be useful. I'd like to hear from that person. I will do my best to try and get in touch with them. Let me know who they are and I'll go and find them because I'm currently on the hunt for more and more guests all the time anyway, because I'm sure you probably don't like listening to me rambling constantly, but that's what you got. (laughs) I'm going to keep doing my very best to inform you and kind of filter through some of the actual science for you that can't be denied, no matter how much people want to do that. Anyway, that's it. I'm done. I think I'm done. I'm going to take the dog out for a run. Have a wonderful day, whatever you're up to, or if you're listening to this in the evening, have a wonderful evening, sleep well, recover hard. And I will be back again soon with another episode where I will be talking more and more common sense and helping you with your training, performance, and athletic development. Peace out.